In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. It's a pre-draft day special, and I'm here with Jack Duffin and Ian Wright, right, right. Jack, mate, you're going to be streaming for like 24 hours, maybe three days on the row. How excited are you about this? I'm buzzing. Um, my favourite part of the NFL calendar is free agency, and then behind that is the draft. Um, an incredible amount of money bet, and uh, we, we just go for it and see what happens. It's, it's exciting times. Ian, how are you feeling about the draft? You know, it's odd. I was just talking about the draft today with some work colleagues, you know, and they're all Bears fans, right? So, and the Packers, we have a mixture of some Packers and Bears, right? So for once, the Bears have like the ninth pick and they all are asking me who's going to fall. And then they got like three picks later in the second round. And then the Packers fans are all excited because they moved from 15 to 12. And it's weird because there's no Browns draft talk. Right. We're talking about like third round linebackers and shit like that. But it is kind of odd that I'm more engaged in draft talk with other teams as opposed to my own team. And ironically enough, one of the guys his, who lives in the city I live in, um, he's projected to go top 10. And there's a draft party that's being hosted by like a restaurant and everybody's invited. So if I just wanted to go, I don't know if that person will be there. I think he may be in the green room, but like his high school coach and all of them are like, come down to the, to the local pub. It's an Irish restaurant. And they're like, yeah, everybody can get drunk and celebrate this guy getting drafted. And he's on both the Packers and the bears list. This is Peter Skaronsky. So he's from Parker Ridge, Illinois. So the bears want him at nine, but the problem is his grandfather won championships with the Packers and he's a Packers fan, but he's from Chicago. So it's, a, there's a little bit of a dynamic here, but, you know, draft season's fun. It really is. That would be the yeah, only that. top 10 prospect I can say. I've seen him play live before yes, he was even drafted. But Jack, what do you think of the positional value of taking a guard at top 10? I think some team will give him a shot at tackle. And that's why I could see a, um, a, a Eagles or someone. They'll go for it. And you've got the upside. It might not work out at tackle. And then you can slot him inside. But I think it's going to be an interesting one because slightly shorter arms, that's what some teams are scared of. Um, so it, I guess it's like the Austin Corbett pick. They wanted to try him out at tackle. It didn't work out. They slotted him inside. And then they got rid of him and he turned out good. And he won a Super Bowl. There you go. So, but guys, I mean, here we are. It's the day before the draft. You know, I mean, the day before the NFL draft. We got two days before the Browns draft. Jack, you're obviously been plugged in as anybody in terms of, you know, your content and... I have to laugh. Normally, you know, I, I like to give you more shit than I do compliments. But recently, I got I got to say, not because I'm included in this content, but you've just put out so much content. And it's kind of funny to watch Brown's Twitter evolve your content into their takes. Right. And for those of us that know have known Jack now for several years, like 
Jack used to be like the antithesis of Brown's coverage. Like everybody would mock him and say, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like you're an idiot. You stupid British bastard. Like they, the compliments, oh. AKA insults, Paul, no offense, but the ginger here was getting just massacred online. So now to see your draft board spawn other people's exact versions of draft boards, it, it's just kind of crazy to see. It really is. It's been fun to watch from the outside. I haven't even had to fight any battles because everybody's freaking agreeing with you, Jack. So what the hell's going on? It's been a crazy, crazy change from a, a long time of, uh, yeah, people didn't really like what I came out with, but um yeah, it, it's been really fun. Um, and I think it's one way we've got more and more years of research. People weren't happy with the age stuff. Um, and now it's kind of, hey, they're accepting it. Um, and I, I think it evolved with free agency. If we went back to the start of the off season, it was, we've got too many holes. We can't do this. We can't do that. Just get the best players. We need people to play now. People are a lot more relaxed now. Um, outside a defensive tackle, you couldn't draft a player that has a shot of starting without injuries. However they, well they play in camp, they, there's not a realistic route for someone to start unless someone gets injured. Um, and that is really positive. Um, we're at a really nice place with the roster. And now it's like, hey, go and get the best player available. Um, and we can have different debates over what best player available actually means because um, people might say that. And if the best player is a quarterback and a kicker, I'm pretty sure they want to bin BPA and go with something else. So um, it's an interesting one um, where I, I, this thing could go anywhere. Um, but age, even in a slightly older class and average, I still think it's going to gonna hold strong. So, oh. guys, tonight I'm going to be hosting the podcast. A bit different. I'm going to have a bit more to say. And tonight we're going to be Browns fans. We're not going to be PFF gurus we're going to be cleveland browns fans and we're going to go back to the 2016 draft and look at all the drafts and be honest with ourselves and go this pick was the one i was most excited about and what was the best draft pick of that year for the cleveland browns so going back to 2016 ian what draft pick being really honest when i say best draft pick i mean value pick or the one that excited you the most you can't just pick the first pick every time. But looking back at 2016, what draft pick picked as a Browns fan which excited you the most? Well, I actually hated our first round pick. I was I was not a Corey Coleman fan. Then he donned a number 19 and just insulted it even more. So the easy one here is I was most high post-draft with Emmanuel Ogba because I really just love the body of work that he was. It didn't click really in Cleveland until he left and went to Miami. But I think in turn, the most value pick has to be Joe Schobert, right? Yeah, I, th I think Joe Schobert was the Cleveland Browns' success that year. Um, my pick, I was really excited to see Cody Kessler, LSU, throwing the bombs. I know he wasn't had a great arm, but... USC. He was, USC, sorry, 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 USC. Throwing the ball to Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Uh, uh, Odell as well or not? No, L Odell was LSU. Cody Kessler was USC. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, um, at the time he was very accurate, but not very good arm. I thought maybe he could do a simple job, um, but yeah, I was very wrong. Uh, Jack, 2016, do you remember that as a Browns fan? Uh, I weren't really quite into like the draft and stuff at that point, so I was more kind of just following a bit of everything. Um, so yeah, I, I couldn't be like, yeah, this was not my guy back then um but to be fair 
Richard Higgins, fifth round. I know he's no um, superstar, but he had a nice career with the Browns for a fifth round pick. That yeah, is true. That is true. Who's, who's the other guy? Uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Lewis. Lewis. Yeah. Fourth round pick. I, I thought high things of him, but he had a neck injury. We never really saw him at the Browns. Yeah, and he, obviously everyone's favourite financial accountant, Carl Nassib, in the third round. Um, I, I would trust him with my money. Well, the thing about the 2016 draft, as we wrap it up, was I think the problem was is it was so climactic in the sense that we had a sec, we had the number two overall pick, right? So we had the number two. So everybody's like, "Oh, Goff, Wentz, Goff, Wentz, Goff, Wentz," right? Depot comes in and says, "Wentz sucks." So they trade that two. They go down to eight, if I'm not mistaken, with Philly. But they only got like what the first and second in the next year because we used one of those picks, and then they got like a third or whatever it was. But then again, so we're like, all right, eight, here we go. And then the Browns are like, nope, we're dropping from eight back to 15. And then that's where they ended up getting um, Corey Coleman. But when they moved from eight with, I think, Tennessee, they got a first and a third and then a future second. So like the value started falling off the board and you went from thinking you were going to get a franchise quarterback to kind of an asshole receiver. And I think that just completely killed the buzz of the 2016 draft. And the really interesting thing in this offseason, I've looked into the age guardrails and sort of this is the last draft where they weren't really a thing. We as a lot of older players, I think they were relying very much on the old scouting process because you don't get long as a new GM to sort of build in what you want to do because you come in quite late in a process as a new hire. It's, it's quite bizarre. Um, you almost want that hire to happen much earlier. So from this point onwards, 2017, the Dorsey years, Andrew Berry, much more strict with age and being a massive, massive factor in who they pick. Whereas this draft is old. It's, um, yeah, very, very unanalytical. 2017. This is one I remember very, very well. Um, Jack, any, any, obviously, Miles Garrett went first. There was a clear mile. There was, no chance of the Browns doing anything else. But was there any picks there that really excited you as a Browns fan? And I'm talking of a value pick. So David Njoku really, really excited me. And I remember early days on the podcast how high I was on David Njoku. Um, just as a freak athlete that can do so many amazing things. It hasn't quite worked out for him yet. Obviously, hey, it's worked out for him because he got paid massively. Hasn't worked out quite for the Browns yet. Um, I hope he can get there. Um, but... He, he's still got a way to go. Um, I, I think he should be easy staking the claim as a top eight tight end in the league and producing big yardage seasons. Not like Travis Kelsey, because he's he's never going to be that guy where he's effectively a wide receiver sort of numbers. Um, but the, the ceiling's still there for him to continue to grow. And, and he's still quite young, takes time. Um, and it's not uncommon for these tight ends to take four years to get to where they need to get to. You've got to remember, 2017 was six years ago. It was our first year of the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian, what, 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 what players excited you most in that draft? Well, I hated the Jabril Peppers pick because at college, I just, not because he went to Michigan, I just didn't see what his position was in the NFL. So I was not a big fan. I was actually drinking with a couple of my buddies at BW3s on Polaris Parkway back in Columbus on this draft. But um, I didn't like the Peppers pick. Garrett was the easy one. I didn't like the Kaiser pick because I just didn't think he was any good. But 
for every Browns fan, you will remember this draft because the Browns allegedly after the draft, you may remember this. They hit like the Super Bowl of mid round picks. Howard Wilson was supposed to be like the next coming of the greatest corner. Roderick Johnson, the the offensive tackle from Florida State, his draft stock fell and everybody's like, this guy is going to be a starter. And then remember, we took Caleb Brantley, the D tackle, who was a second round talent that fell all the way to the sixth. And this guy was. And that's the thing about these drafts, right? We at the end of the 2017 draft, everybody was so smitten with how well they had done. But at the end of the day. Garrett was obviously a hit. Najoku and Larry Joby were solid picks. And your boy Zane didn't last very long, did he? Did he, Paul? Well, look, I'm going to stake up for Zane here. He's still an NFL kicker to the day, and that's six years later. So uh, that's above the average career as an NFL player. Um, yeah, um, Brantley, I thought, was going to be a second-round pick, as you said. And when we picked him up, I was excited. Um yeah, a lot of names there really excited me. Uh, Ogajobi as a, as a third-round pick. I thought we, all I knew was a fat fucker coming in, going to do well. His mum told him to go and play football. And look, he's played for every AFC North team. in the, is Except that one. Except one. Jack was bummed out he didn't go to the Ravens. Next year. Ravens, huh? Next year we'll get – well, he might sign him all year. Who will get to the Ravens? He's got to do them all. Well, if you remember right, though, 2017, Jack, that was the year they did the Osweiler pick. So this was like the Paul DePodesta draft, right? Because they did the, the Osweiler in the second round pick. And then they went out and signed J.C. Treader and um, Kevin Zeitler. Those were the two free agent signings they got that were kind of the big names. Oh, who could forget Kenny Britt, too? But yeah, this was kind of that analytics year, so to say. And uh, uh, taking swings like the Deshaun Kaiser pick are well worth doing. Jalen Hurts is that similar type of swing of you could get anything in that second round, but you build up the S uh, sort of more picks than you need and you just keep swinging. Um, and hey, it, it's one that I, I, I support that philosophy. If you don't have a quarterback, just keep, keep going for guys. Um, especially when, if you're not going to grab one at the top, hey, Happy to pass. And the crazy thing is, we go back a couple of years before this, John Dorsey was desperate to draft Johnny Football in Kansas City, and the Browns traded above them to stop John Dorsey getting their guy. And then we go on a couple of years, and the Chiefs trade above us to go and get Patrick Mahomes because they know he's going to be our guy. And it, it, these things just move around. Um, it's luck. Hey, John Dorsey wanted... Johnny Football, we want in Mahomes. Mm -hmm. Just just the way the cookie crumbles. I think the funny thing is, oh, here we are, two drafts in. We only have two players from either of these drafts still on the roster, and that's Njoku and Garrett. So 16 none, 17 2. Here we go. 2018, the big one. Baker Mayfield. Four quarterbacks were taken in the first round. If I'm correct, Baker, Donald. Rosen um, and Allen. Rosen They're and all Allen. taking top 10. This was the year that I watched the combine more than I've ever watched the combine. Thinking I'm a quarterback coach, you know, getting in, involved with everything. Um, obviously, um, Baker wasn't my first pick. Donald was my first pick, if I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, Baker was my second, then Rosen, then, uh, then uh, Allen. 
Allen had a great arm, but scared of his accuracy. Look, look how far I'm wrong. So, uh, yeah, 2018. What would be your, what would be your value, p- or what pick were you most excited about that year, Ian? I think the pick that I had the most questions about was the Antonio Callaway pick because this was a guy that had top. 10 talent, right? And he fell and he had obviously all the legal issues. That was the John Dorsey special there. So I think everybody thought that there was going to be like the reincarnation of Tyreek Hill or the guy that comes off of troubles and bees the, you know, becomes the, whatchamacallit, uh, so to say, um, receiver that we needed at that time. But I think after the draft, everybody looked and said, all right, Nick Chubb, we know exactly what he is. I don't think we all thought he was going to be what he was going to be, but I think he was probably a fan favorite just because everybody saw him at the SEC program. Baker and Denzel were easy. I kind of try to run these top five picks out because it's easy to get hyped up on a top five pick. So I think Chubb was probably the biggest takeaway. However, when you have the, you know, the lightning rod of Baker, it's hard to really look at the draft and notice anyone else. Yeah, it was all it was all about Baker there over the moon. I I weren't happy with how the second round went, um, and I I still think that there was better directions going. There was three players I really liked. It was Harold Landry, the edge. It was Mike Gusecki, the tight end, because I was happy to go and get another one and go for like the two tight end sets, full Pats mode there. And then the third player I liked was Colin Sutton. Um, those were the three players that I really really liked at that spot, and we got a uh, like tackle slash guard. And a running back. Um, and hey, he's turned out to be a phenomenal running back, but he's still a running back at the end of the day. Yeah, I wanted um, Minka Fitzpatrick. Is that right, today? Mm-hmm. The Steelers, the Steelers guy there in the fourth, fourth round. Denzel Ward came under the radar for me, but um, yeah, Denzel Ward's been a solid pick for the Browns. You can't argue that. And uh, Nick Chubb's been a solid thing. Chad mm-hmm. Thomas. Probably biggest flop over the last six years as a as a draft pick for the Browns. I mean, we're talking third round pick. Obviously, he was the first pick of that, like first or second pick of that third round. So that was a tough one. But I mean, it, it, here we are again. We're now three drafts in and only four players, four right? Because obviously Baker's gone, so you still have Denzel and Chubb. But at the end of the day, 16, 17, and eighteen draft, four guys in your roster. Yeah, and it's one that I point back to where people have spoke about, hey, Andrew Berry, all these rookies um, keep making the roster. Well, why don't he cut any of them? There was no depth left. Um, from those two Dorsey drafts, literally nothing in terms of the depth on the roster. Did really well with all the top 50 picks that Sasha Brown left for him, or even top 40 picks that Sasha Brown left for him. But once it got past that, Dorsey's magic in the draft suddenly dried up. Um, and dried up really fast. And then what's happened the last few years is all these young picks have made the roster to build the depth. And now we're going to see a lot of them gone this year. Um, and that whole sort of fallacy that Andrew Perry won't cut his own draft picks, we're going to see that really hit home this year where lots of them are going to go. 2019, we didn't have a first-round draft pick. Greedy Williams, Taki Taki, Redwine, Matt Wilson, the kicker, Cyber. Drew Forbes, Project X. Yeah, that year. Ian, was you excited about that draft? No. Everybody was excited about Odell. That was, they were excited that... about Mac Wilson because he was meant to be a first-rounder oh, yeah, no. according to, was it Nick Saban? <laughs> yeah, whatever it was, yeah. 
it, that was that was kind of a, a flop of a draft. I mean, here we are again, two guys from this roster, right? And Forbes might not even make it out. So we're 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 continuing the trend now. Here we are in 2019, 16, 17, 18, 19. We're up to six players. Well, Forbes we got rid of and then we came back. So I don't think you can even count him. Three and a half or six, five and a half. See, but you know, I, I get it. I remember it's just. It is kind of depressing when you think about all these draft picks you get really excited about. And then, you know, and Redwine, listen, he played a little bit. That's not it. And then he had a decent thing with the Jets. I think he's out of the league now. But, you know, Taki obviously resigned, but, you know, Grady's moved on. And this is the state of the NFL, right? Now, I will say, Paul, 2019 was a legendary year because we brought in the UDFA Scottish Hammer. This was the Hammer year, remember? Uh, Green as well. Robert Green as well. No, RG3 was like 2016, 2015, 2016. What this is the longest running UDFA? What, what is the longest running UDFA on the roster, Paul? And he came in after the 2016 draft. No, 2015 uh, the, draft, I think. It, the same time as Batonio, because he joined a few months after Batonio. The, the long snapper. Charlie Hewitt? Yeah. yeah. Jackson McCurry, I love that. Uh, AJ Green-Browns. He was he wasn't until uh, 2020. He went on the practice squad and then got called up, so he wasn't signed to the 53. Oh, such a negative, Jack. I to me, he's a undrafted free agent. Oh, he is legend. But the first yeah. one to make the roster under uh, AB is, is still DeAnthony Bell. Yeah, I still I I also think AJ Green was 2020. He wasn't 2019. All right, looking at 2020. Um, Jedrick Wills, Delpit. Jordan Elliott, Jacobs, Phillips, Harrison Bright, Nick Harris, Donovan People Jones. This 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 year looked a lot better. I know we didn't have um this year looked good for us, I thought. The draft picks looked good uh, at the time. Um obviously everyone was excited for Donovan People Jones. Um high school wizard. Five star grade legend, bit unlucky in in Michigan, um, and we got ourselves a solid tackle. We believed. Jack, how did you see that year pan out at the time? So I was really excited for Jordan Elliott. Um, really good pass rushing numbers coming out of college. Just hasn't translated at all. But this draft was brilliant, um, and it still is brilliant because um, did a really good exercise with Brad Ward and Ian. Um, where we went through and we we looked at whoever the Browns drafted and the four players after them, and we graded them five points to the best player, which obviously for this first pick is Tristan Wirfs. But then I, I think most people had like four points for Wills or three points for Wills because he's still a really good pick compared to some of these players that were taken in that spot. And the whole point of the exercise was basically to look at, hey, according to the NFL as a whole, these are the five best players when Andrew Berry picked. Well, where did they rank in terms of, was it a great pick? Was it a lesser pick? And Andrew Berry overall did really well. Um, but this particularly was his best draft because for me, the, one of the highest value picks we've seen, probably under the whole Depot era, is DPJ. To take a starting level wide receiver in the sixth round is phenomenal value. You rarely find a team get that much success. So, um, no, Really happy with the DPJ pick. Is he a superstar? No. Um, but most sixth-round picks barely play. Um, and he 
he was ha- solidly a number two wide receiver last year, which even I doubted going into last season. Yeah, was I think he ready the, to play that role. The thing with this draft is when you look at it, they were all the safe picks, right? They didn't they didn't really do anything crazy, right? They said, okay, we need an offensive tackle, Wills. Delpit was obviously the talent that fell to the second round. They traded back, got him. Elliott was a guy that had penetrating ability at the three tech. They none of these picks are your huge splash guys. They kind of just let the draft board fall to them. And this is where obviously it skews because we had six players on the team, five and a half, you know, going up to this point. And then now here we have a 2020 draft where all seven guys are still on the roster, right? And obviously rookie contracts and stuff, we get it. But you go back and look at some other drafts. A lot of those guys were gone before the rookie contracts ever hit. So this is the one where we start noticing they start drafting smart. They start not really going outside of their skis. They stay in their lane. I think 2020 was the first year where the, the, it finally started coming together with the plan and the vision that they wanted. And those first two picks, yeah, you'd rather have the Bucks space. You'd rather have Worth over Wills. You'd rather have Winfield over Delpit. But that doesn't make the picks Andrew Berry took bad. Could they be better? Yes. Are they above average? Yes. And I think both can be true. Jack, I have a question. One being the worst, 10 being the highest. How would you grade Andrew Berry's trade of Duke Johnson for a third round pick. It's it's just nuts. Um, for all of lit- those that forgot, Duke Johnson went for pick number 90, I believe. Why not Dorsey, though? Wasn't 2020? Wasn't that Barry? I'm not sure. I thought it was potentially Dorsey. Either way, that's also the year they did Wyatt Teller. So you maybe. No, JM, Andrew Barry. Huh. Uh, on December 31st, 2019, Browns and general manager John Dorsey mutually parted ways. So, yeah, this was the Andrew Barry. Yeah, they, he traded uh, uh, Duke Johnson for a third-round pick. Then he did. Oh. Cleveland traded its fifth and sixth-round selections, pick number 155 and 188, in exchange for a guard, Wyatt Teller, and a seventh-round pick. Because that was a Dorsey trade. Wyatt Teller was. I'd have to look at the date. Yes, that one. Yes, that one was done August of 2019. It was for that 20 season. Where did Duke Johnson end up his career? Bills was the last place I've but, seen him play. By the way, you are correct. Because the trade was for the 2019-2020 season, which was the 2020 draft. Going into it would have been the Duke Johnson. So you are correct there. I have, I have corrected. It's not often I give credit to Dorsey, but he did well there. Here we go. 2020 draft picks. Jack, how many of them do you think week two on the Cleveland Browns roster, how many of them seven will be on the roster? All right, let's pull up the list here. Wills, um, yes. Delpit, yes. Schwartz, Nick Harris. No. Well, Schwartz is 2021. Uh, you're talking Wills, Delpit, yes. Harrison Bryant, Nick Harrison, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think are your yeses. I think the two that are gone are Elliott and Phillips. Harrison Bryant's gone. You think he's gone? Because oh, 100% Harrison Bryant's gone. Unless there's an injury, he's, he's gone. 2.7 million, there, no way he's getting paid. Unless he takes a giant pay cut. I think they'll six out, six out of seven then, Jack. No, he's saying four out of seven. Because you don't think you don't think Phillips will be back, right? No. Elliot? Nick Harris? No. Harris will be. Harris will be your backup. Harris probably will be, but I wouldn't rule it out. If they like someone like Stromberg or Rick Nelson, twenty five year old center who's projected to be a UDFA, I think they'll try really hard to bring him in. And he would potentially then replace Harris and they would let Harris go. 
Jack, that's a big call. Picking an undrafted free agent at this stage. Just for you, Paul. Just for you. We sh- are we going to pop champagne if we get him? Yeah, why not? Okay, we'll do that deal. Okay, let's go. Let's not get too deep on this. Two um, two thousand twenty-one draft. So still two years ago. It feels like only yesterday when we took. It's the drafting. Greg, New- Greg Newsom, safe pick. Yes. The drop. The player that dropped JOK. Fifty-two. I didn't pick. like it at the time. Be honest. I did not. Uh, Anthony Schwartz. I liked it. I thought we got a very fast wide receiver at the time. We did get a very fast uh, wide receiver. The problem is he can't catch. That's not very nice. It's not fast. That's the problem. It's wide receiver. That's the problem. <laughs> James Hudson. Well, Tommy Togai. Tony Fields. Richard LaFrench, whatever he's called, LeConte. LeCount. Uh, Felton, I was never a fan of Felton, but yeah, that year doesn't look that great. Now looking back at it, so Felton's a great pick. I'll be honest, um, because how many players taken in that sixth round again are we saying played like two hundred and fifty snaps as a rookie or something on just on offense? I think if we had a team that had lots of speed and he was just asked to be a slot or a backup slot. I think he could have a nice role. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in San Fran and, and does well there next season, even if it's just an issue on the practice squad. Um, I just think he's in the wrong team with your Jarvis Landry's, your other guys, where we don't really need... We need speed in the slot rather than a, a sort of shifty player. Um, I, I think that there's still some need for him. But yeah, there, there is. this is Andrew Berry's worst draft by country mile. Um, I don't think it's even close. Um, and literally outside Newsom, JOK, and Hudson, I don't feel great about anyone making the roster. I think Tony Fields might make it as injury cover. Um, if Taki Taki doesn't start the season, maybe he's on pup. Um, but yeah, a lot of this draft is going to be gone. Yeah, Fields has to prove himself on specials. That's what it comes down to. If he doesn't cut on specials, he's out. I, I think, well, at the end of the day, they. They've got Adams, they've got Kunisic that are going to play specials. It wouldn't surprise me if he's just there and inactive. Um, just as they'll need that sixth linebacker if Taki Taki's out for the first sort of four to nine weeks. Um, guys, two seasons now, JOK. We all rated him so high. We thought we had the bargain of the century with him. Looking back at the stats now, do you think we really got that value pick or was he... Was he great, good, or average pick now, looking back at it? Jack, I think this comes down to a draft position, right? Because taking him in the 40s, you think that's a pretty good value pick for what it is. If he was taking a top 20, he'd be considered a bust, right? Yeah. Um, and it's one that you start looking at the linebackers that followed. You've got Nick Bolton in there, guys that have played much, much better. Um, at linebacker where you don't have to trade up for them. Um, I think... I think trading up and expecting a linebacker to outperform was probably where the mistake was. Um, I, I I can understand why if they're really high on him and you, you're potentially talking about taking him up there. And I, I think this whole talk of, oh, they'd have taken him up in the 20s was just nonsense because all the talk came out was, hey, they would have rather had Elijah Moore um, going into day two. Um, and hey, they've got him now. <laughs> so it has worked out. But I think this is one where... People kind of bought the hype. 
Um, and he fell for a reason. He's sort of that tweener. Um, is he this? Is he that? And yeah, I, I'm not in favor of drafting premium assets into it because if he was a wide receiver and he was just playing solid, well, suddenly that's a good investment. If you're a linebacker and you're just solid and you're taken in the 40s, well, that's a bad pick. And that's kind of the problem, really. All right, guys, let's look at last year's draft. We've had a season, Martin Emerson, Alan, Alex Wright, David Bell, Winfred, Tad York, Jerome Ford, Mikhail Williams, Isaac Thomas, Dawson Deaton. Ian, what was your like most exciting value pick there for you? I have to throw out the namesake and Alex Wright being, you know, not my brother, Alex Wright, but the other Alex Wright. Um, I was not high on Emerson. I just, what I saw, I was like, all right, I didn't really see much on this guy. But again, I, I'm not too proud to admit that, like, we don't have access to what they have. Like, this was a guy that played at Mississippi State. I didn't see much, but I was a huge fan of David Bell. I still am a big fan of David Bell. I watched him in the Big Ten do some things that most Big Ten receivers can't do. And I still think that there's, I'm not giving up on him at all. Um, I loved Cade York solely because it just grinded the gears of my co-host, Jack Duffin. Like he was so angry and it just brought so much warmth to my heart that I could have lived in a Siberian winter with the warmth that it had brought me. Um, but Ford, you know, Jerome Ford was obviously a local guy in terms of playing at Cincinnati. I think a lot of people were excited, the Alabama transfer. So this was a guy, pretend I'm going to go in and tell you that like coming out of college, I Michael Woods, Dawson Deaton, and Isaiah Thomas. I mean, come on now. I know who Isaiah Thomas, the point guard for the Pistons was, but I have, you guys call it round ball. But at the end of the day, like I think Ford being the running back in Cincinnati, Cade York, everybody knew because he had just an absolute cannon of a leg and David Bell, Perry on Winfrey. I wasn't excited about him then. I'm still not excited about him now. I, I think for me, the, the most fun pick was Emerson. Just because um, it was someone that I banged the drum for and said, hey, third round, keep an eye on Martin Emerson. And then when everyone, even a year on, they're like, no one saw the Martin Emerson pick coming. And I, I listened to those shows and I'm like, put some respect on that name. Um, because I was fully on board with, he was my favorite pick for the Browns um, to take in the third round. And then when it happened, that was boom um, moment. But I, I think... Even though I don't have him a lock on the roster, if they take an edge and take um, bring in a free agent, potentially Justin Houston, Isaiah Thomas, I think, has had a really, really nice little run there. Struggled in the run game, but played well in the past game. Um, had like a 10% pressure rate. We're only talking like, I think it's like 80 pass rush snaps. So we're not talking a big sample, and that's why he's no lock to be around. But... He's played really, really well for a proper depth piece. And lots of people had him going in like the 120 range. And we got him a lot later. So I do like that pickup. Um, but this at the moment, when we graded it against what other teams have done, this draft class has still done really well. Um, it graded out well for Andrew Berry versus the four following picks when each of those guys were. But I can't say I'm that excited about it. Um, there is room for it to get better, but... It could be one. Um, but at the end of the day, your first pick's in the third round. Um, and lots of people are like, oh, well, I wish we wouldn't have traded down. And it was like, would you really want John Mechie um, over Cade York, uh, Winfrey, and um, what's his name? Um, John Ford. Oh, and the thing about it was, I think that the Browns fans 
we're so Super Bowl late in draft, right? It's like the draft, the draft, the draft, draft. And now we're at back-to-back years without first or second round picks. And people are like, you can just tell. It's kind of like, the excitement's not there, Jack. I get that there's people who are still big draft, you know, snobs like we are. And, you know, I think we're going to do another show regarding kind of the current state, what we think of, because we're obviously that this one's going to go out on the Wednesday and then we're going to put out a Thursday show for everyone. Um, The Browns obviously don't pick in the first round. And I think it's safe to assume we're not getting from pick 74 into the top 32, Jack. I think it's, can we all agree not happening? The Browns are not picking on Thursday. Anybody, anybody want to dissent? Yeah, it would take a noose and getting traded to happen, and it's not happening. Yeah, so Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb trade. I still don't think you get a first round. Yeah, <laughs> no chance. Yeah, so what we'll do is we'll put out a second show, um, kind of talking about the pick 74, 98, a few strategies there. Um, it is kind of nice sometimes walking down memory lane when it comes to some of these drafts, right? And we see like there was this obvious uptick come 2020. It's like we got six guys from 16, 17, 18, 19, and then basically every guy since, right? So we we constantly talked about GMs and changing rosters and you know constantly flipping them and turning them and all this other stuff. Guys, this is why. This is why. This is also why, you know, and Jack, I, again, two compliments in one show, write this down in history. You know, people were criticizing your article on the OBR saying, well, why would you take the four or five picks around a pick and not do it by team or by, you know, position? Well, because the draft is in so many quadrants, right? There's 32 picks per round, unless you're the Dolphins and you cheat. So you have these little sub quadrants of eight picks here and there. And you can't compare a team picking top five like Burrow and Chase. Oh, my God, the Bengals are so great at drafting. I mean, they took the top quarterback and the top wide receiver in back-to-back drafts, right? The Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns at this point are so far down the draft. You can't do interdivisional opponent draft comparison. You can't really say, well, we're just going to take this micro subset of you know, draft picks and say, oh, well, all the safeties. Well, safety three and safety seven could be four rounds apart, right? So... It, it, it was a, it was a futile you know attempt at trying to disprove the basic laws of statistics, and I hope that person's listening because if you'd like to go stats one on one with me, I would gladly turn you into rubble dust. But it's good to see that the teams with the longevity of draft it, with that GM that's continually saying, "I want to draft a big physical corner, uh, third round, give me the kid from Mississippi State." Boom, he plugs in, and now he's starting right. So this is what you're talking about. You want to just develop the mold and the types of guys. That's why I'm very curious to see who the Browns take, because I actually am now giving them the confidence that they're picking guys that fit the mold of what they want. That's that. That's literally what drafting 101 is about. No, I'm, I'm excited for what happens. Uh, um, we'll, we'll catch up soon on um, what picks directions, because I've more or less nailed it down to pick 74. I've got sort of three positions I could see it being. Um, but no. Excited for what comes next. Absolutely. Paul, what do you got for us? Yeah, I just want to say, like, over the last over the last eight years, who has been your personal favorite Cleveland Browns draft pick? And don't say Miles Garrett, like a value pick. My, Jack. my favorite. My my favorite just from the point it was taken was Baker. I love that pick. I thought it was the right pick. All the analytics, the data said it was the right pick. It hasn't worked out, but hey. In terms of value, and are we talking at the time or post? At the time. 
at the time. Hmm. It has to be Donovan Peoples-Jones, right? But at the Is time, everyone... I weren't that excited, I don't think. I think a lot of people were just... I mean, at the time, I used to listen to Cleveland Browns Daily often, and it was just such a hyped-up pick because everybody was like thinking this guy was going to go in the third and the fourth. And then for it to kind of work out, it kind of is even better. I know our boy Owen Jones loved him. Um, well, he was well it, on that hype train. Well, because he was the six-foot-two, he was the receiver we didn't have, even though it's odd because now he wants a bunch of midgets running around. I'm sorry, I can't say that. Um, short people running around catching Oof. the ball that are fast. Yeah, dwarfs. Um, I'll, I'll be careful for your sake too, Paul. I don't want to get you in but yeah, I, I, and at this point, I mean, you're talking to Ward, all the other guys that turned out to be bust, but I mean, even Jannard Avery, remember when he first kind of, there was a lot of people that were, it was a favor to him, but it, it's tough. I will say this. I think I, I'm starting to fall into Paul's camp where some of these UDFAs excite me more. Ooh, I love that. Um, I've got to say Winfred Perrion did excite me last year. Um, but yeah, he hasn't really turned into player that I thought he was going to turn into. Well, he bite, shows up no bite. So, yeah. all right. Well, if that's the case, guys, you, I'm going to give you a full night, rest, relax, sleep, sharpen up your draft pencils because we're going to dive into picks 74. We're going to dive into picks 98. We're going to dive into the picks that matter. And that is the 2023 Cleveland Browns class. So on that note, I have nothing else. So Jack, Paul, what else do we got in terms of the, the walk down the uh, Browns draft history lane here? No, so I, I, I'm going to plug some of my stuff. Final age guardrails draft board is up. So go check that out. The OBR on my Twitter It's pin tweet. Not often I take the cap stuff off it, but for three days of draft and um, it's been replaced. Um, and then I've got a mock draft coming out tomorrow. So maybe the time you listen to this, go and check my Twitter because there's a pretty beautiful mock draft uh, coming out that everyone other than Ian will love every pick. Likely so. Paul, what do you got? Yeah. Big shout out to Jack Duffin. Producing the content at the moment, make sure you give him a like, follow, and subscribe. And if you don't like what he's saying, don't be scared. Give him some abuse. Absolutely. On that note, on the eve of the NFL draft, go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs>